Welcome to this week's Plank of the Week with me, Mike Graham, on Talk Radio TV. And I'm delighted to introduce my two guests to you today, Emily Carver, uh, who I think is fair to say a conservative commentator, and of course, Christo, uh, Talk Radio's very versatile uh, presenter, who presented, probably presented pretty much every show, everything. Um, <laughs> I mean, you don't get to be on everything, but mostly you're uh, an incredibly versatile well, man. Well, sometimes I'm asked yeah. and I'm dropped. Yes, that, that can happen. Well. Yeah. But, you know, that's show Media is brutal. It is brutal. Very thank brutal. you very much for sparing the time to come and do Plank of the Week. Quite welcome. Um, Emily, would you like to kick us off with your first nomination? Oh, going straight in there. I am going for Zara Sultana. Right. Who, if you don't know, is a Corbynista, Labour MP also known as being the MP for Twitter. Is she the wokest MP in the House of Commons? She's probably the wokest MP on Twitter, yes. I always think... Apart you know, from perhaps on Israel and other such yeah. matters that don't suit her narrative. <laughs> That's right. But you know how there's a sort of... There's a parody MP on Twitter uh, who has a very similar-sounding name, and I always confuse her with the parody one, not just because of the fact that their names sound the same, but because some of the stuff she tweets out you think is a joke, don't yeah. you? Well, I think the same you could say with Dawn Butler. Yeah and others of mm. their ilk. Yes. Anyway, she's my plank of the week this week. What has she done? Because, I don't know if you remember, I think she was on one of uh, probably like BBC Politics Live or one of those shows, and she was saying how unsafe she felt mm. in the House of Commons because all the nasty Tory MPs weren't wearing masks. Oh dear. Scared. And she, made, she said she was scared. She I said she well. was frightened and scared and felt unsafe and that it was, well, essentially selfish not yes. to wear your mask in the Commons. OK, yes, fair enough, that's your view, you're allowed to say. But now she's been pictured out and about at awards ceremonies, cuddling up to colleagues and friends... <laughs> And you know, peers and was things. Was she one of those having... at the uh, the Sadiq Khan um, DJ party up at the Labour Party conference? You know, when he was kind of pretending to be a DJ, and they were all up sort of singing and everything. Probably. Yeah, nobody's wearing a mask. Although sure. maybe Sadiq Khan's too right wing for her. Could be. Yeah. Could well, be. This was the Mobile Award she was at. She was at the Mobile. She was down oh, yeah. with the kids. What at is the, the Mobile, Mobile Award? The Moby, or the Mobile Awards, as I call of them. Black Origin. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. It moved, and it was moved to the glamorous location this year of. Coventry. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, so maybe that's why they moved it there. Maybe she used her influence. So, yeah, she talks about how we, you know, politicise masks, but uh, I think she's guilty of that. So that's what makes well, her... Well, they like... all are, aren't they? I mean, all of the people who go on and on about how we should wear a mask at all times, almost every single one of them, without exception, has been caught at one time <laughs> no, or another just, stop doing just it. not wearing one. Well, this is why in the House we're all now expected to wear masks at certain times, whereas in the House of Commons, as you will well know, mm. they have said, well, actually, no... It's a personal choice. Yeah. It's a personal decision. Yes. Well, hang on. If it's a personal choice for them, why is it not a personal choice for us? Yeah. Why are they full of the usual rubbish? Right. Well, I did notice, though, at last Prime Minister's questions, even uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg was wearing a mask because it was at the time when the front bench were trying to be a bit more kind of, you know, well, we told everybody else to, so we'd better do it. But there's plenty of backbench MPs behind them who weren't wearing them. But Jacob Rees-Mogg's mask was in Eton colours. Was <laughs> Well, you know you it know? offends... Every fibre of his body wearing a mask, yes, don't you? Yes, you can tell. You know, he really think, and he doesn't defended want the MPs. It was him that stood up and said, actually, it's down to personal. Yeah. Yes, right. And he would not wear one unless he was probably asked yeah, or told. ordered to do so by the whips, you know, because on the front bench, at the very least, they should probably try and look as if they're actually <laughs> practising what they're preaching. But don't you remember for a long time, the MPs didn't have to wear them, but the researchers but the staff and the did, staff yeah. and the catering yeah. and the cleaners and everyone else Well, that's the thing. Most of, most of these events that you go to and most of the kind of restaurants that I go to you know the only people wearing masks are the people who are serving you so yeah, it's not. You know, all of these kind of celebs and, and people who want to wear masks all the time you always see them putting them on hurriedly before the cameras start going you know because they're not actually wearing them most of the time anyway yeah 
you know. it's, it's it's all it's all for show. Theater. Wear a mask if you want to. Yeah, that's what I say. You know, I think it, it, I don't for, mind in, if you want to wear one, but just don't tell me to wear. Some one. instances, it's quite kind to wear a mask towards other people, but that's your decision, and if you choose not to, I don't. But think that's now. Shaving. But isn't that interesting? How that's mask now the shaving. narrative, right? The narrative now is that it's not to save your own life; it's to save somebody else's life. Yeah. You're kind of going, well, that's not what you said last time. Last time you said it was to save your own life. Well, have you ever heard... I got on this thing the other day. It was... Um, begins with B. It was a big red thing in London. I'm oh, yeah. used to them. Mm. Bus. <laughs> the bus. The bus. Really? And there's an awful lot of them. Yeah, there's quite in a fact, lot of them. In fact, there's too many buses. They? Yeah, too many. And um, the empty ones. But this one... Uh, have you heard the announcements that are constantly now played oh, on yeah, there? Oh, yeah, I have, that, yes. You know, it's now mandatory. I love that he's only just uh, once I been on the a bus, bus <laughs> and worked out that there are messages. Believe uh, it or not, I use the bus every day. Do you? Yes. Oh, I came to work today like, on the bus. And, it, and they actually say on these announcements, it's there to protect because us all. Yeah. And I, I hate her. I, I don't hate know who her she so is, much. but I hate also, her. I love it when the bus driver does it passive-aggressively. Yeah. Like, he won't tell you to put your mask on, but then he just puts his little recording on, gets got the, the little lady really. to do it um, because, because when you're not the thing wearing. is, you know, before this latest incursion um, of, of, you know, you must wear it on public transport, they were still saying it before. Yeah. And the same people who weren't wearing a mask then are not wearing one now. Yeah. You know, so it's not actually any different, in my view. People are not wearing a mask now when they weren't before. They haven't changed their, their minds. No, because... well, people, a lot of people don't want to. I mean, I went on that thing that goes under the ground, that train that the goes train under the, the ground yes. the other day, and the actual driver themselves said, you should be wearing yeah. a mask. They didn't yeah. have it. It wasn't an announcement. The no. driver himself said, I'm actually exempt, but sometimes if it's very crowded, I might put it on. But they can't Sorry, ask these are the though. same two drivers who have been striking over their 60 grand pay packets yes. for driving oh, yes. in a straight because line. Because they don't want to have to work four nights <laughs> a year. It's a year. They right? drive in a straight line. They're yeah. going to be automated. You know, <laughs> you know what it involves being a tube driver, don't you? It's literally <laughs> just doing that. Well, they say... And then doing they, that. In their defence, right, they say that it can be quite traumatic, particularly if they run somebody over. But they don't do that very often. But that's why they're well remunerated, because no-one wants to do that job, because it's miserable. Well, they are underground for long, long periods of time. It's probably not that great of a job. And they've got a great pay packet for it. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. And they only do 30 hours a week, isn't it? And they get six weeks a year holiday, and yeah. they get free travel uh -huh. for themselves and Listen, I'm not their family. Them I mean, going, no wonder TFL I'm not defending up. them going on strike. But, you know, I wouldn't do it, and neither would you, probably, would you? I, I would, if would I needed you? work. If I needed a job, and I didn't realise there was this train that went under the ground, and now How I know about it. you lived in London without minutes. knowing about the public transportation everywhere. system? Just drive. Have you heard of TFL? Yes, I, I, well, I, I see the pleas that they have for money constantly. I mean, last week well, it was surprising. they were going to close a tube line. Yeah. This week now, <laughs> did you see that Sadiq Khan was tweeting that, that without the money from the government now, we're all going to have nowhere to live. Yeah. London isn't going to have any housing. No. Next week, locusts. No, that's right. Well, don't worry, you can live on the tubes when they all stop running. Yeah. And just, you know, make I've never houses. met a tube driver. I've really? read about them and they're uh, I remember, people, I remember the row because I'm old enough to remember the row because they used to have a guard on tube trains in the same way that they used to have one on, uh, you know, British Rail kind of yeah. overground trains. And they, the last carriage, there would be the guy, because I was a, used to go to school on the tube, and there was a guy that would um, press all the buttons to shut the doors. And so and when they did away with that, that was going to be the end of civilization. You know, you'd think the unions were going, hang on a minute, you can't, it's not going to be, it's not going to be safe. It's going to be too dangerous. You won't be able to run a tube train just with a well, driver. That's why they love Don't be ridiculous. Out. But it's a terrible and thing now, they do. And now, imagine if you saw some guy at the back pressing buttons. You'd be going, what's he doing? That would make women feel safer. If they had a, if they had a guard <laughs> carriage and they made the front automated, yeah. so the front drives itself, but then they put a guard on less money, 
And anyone could do that job as well. So if the guards went on strike, just grab anyone off the street, they could do that job. And then that would well, mean... Well, you have a high level of technical competence, I'm sorry. Well, well the, 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 and they, they also used to have a... They used to have a uh, well, well, no, have you been on the DLR? Yeah, I've been on the DLR. That's the one that goes You've been on that above. as well? Yeah, wow, that goes above. I feel like this is getting niche. It's a real moment for Christo. Have you been on the boat? Do you know there's a boat as well? There's a boat. Yeah. Where's the water? Yeah, it's oh. in between yeah. the two banks oh, of the I river. I had an apartment that overlooked that. I remember now. There is a bit of water in London. Oh, right. Yeah. Was that Thanks. one of the? Uh, we're ten minutes into the show already. We've only got one nomination. <laughs> I was thinking, are we still on? I mean, are we still on Zara Sultana? All right, right. let's move. So on. Zara Sultana, who's your first nomination? Well, I need to uh, read what they had to say because this is actually so frustrating. Mine is Sir Jeremy. Farrah. Oh, yes. Now, he is the director of the Wellcome Trust. He stepped down as a government scientific advisor last month, probably because he's living his life at a level of fear of Zara Sultana. <laughs> I'm afraid he's, he's even left the house. Now, I know how much you love The Guardian and The Observer, you two. I know I'm it's a big on fan. your reading list every week. Do you know, I'm I never sure. read The Observer anymore. I just never read it. There's well, no point. On Sunday morning, as I do my wonderful weekend breakfast show here on Talk Radio from 7 till 10 on a Saturday morning and a Sunday morning. Uh, obviously, I read the front pages and you'll have seen the front page of uh, the... Well, you two wouldn't, but you will have seen the front page of The Observer saying that the UK's progress on COVID, COVID has now been squandered. Squandered? Squandered. Oh, yeah. Any progress we've made on COVID has now been squandered. Why? Well, according to this bloke. According to this yeah. bloke. Why? Not because of the Omicron variant, no. by the way. Not no. because of that one. Because as we know, what we know so far about it is that it's quite mild. We don't know much else about it. But no, he says that the reason we've squandered is because of certain variants that don't exist yet. Right. So well, he's probably that's not helpful. wrong. That's one of those great things that you can say without <laughs> without fear of being wrong. Because How can you squander something before it's happened? Urgent action well, it's is like needed. Brexit debate, isn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's all going to go horribly wrong. When? Well, sometime in the future. No, but the Guardian. And then all... we're going to say, "Told you." The Guardian were also <laughs> running with the next uh, the next COVID. Uh, the next pandemic is going to be more lethal. It's like, yes. is that helpful? Well, the, yeah. We haven't got out of this one yet. Yeah. He says, whilst he was cautiously hopeful that current vaccines would protect against Omicron, so that's way down yeah, yeah. in the article, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that might not be true for future variants. No. Well, I tell you what, can might we worry about them when they yeah. come along, please? Well, I've got another re reasonably important piece of information here for you. Only 30 to 35% of PCR tests for the general population are processed at labs able to detect a key indicator of Omicron. So they don't even know where to find it. And how much there is out No. But if it's milder, yet more infectious, it would actually end up being, dare I say it, a, virologist, a good thing. Yes. Because more people will get yes. it. More people will get natural That's what uh, they're worried resistance. About. That's what they're worried about. Because then they'll have to ease back on all the restrictions and actually return to normal. And that's the last thing Boris Johnson wants. Because he's going to have to admit that all the other stuff that he's been trying to do is a complete and utter shambles countries and a failure. Are, countries aren't going to report these variants. Also, if it means variants. that they're going to be blocked off from Did the Did we not get new variants like every day? Yeah, yeah, I mean... That's what happens with viruses. I mean, does no one know that? Did they not know that? No, Even they I know, know that. that. We've had something like 400,000 variants, something ridiculous like that. But this is the Omicron. And this is only the fourth one we've been bothered about, and this one apparently doesn't do anything. Well, I've got Omicronic fatigue. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Well, it makes a change from gout, I suppose. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and any other of my uh, Well, listen, we can't... issues. <laughs> we can't go I have, I, I have gout, all right? I take all right. a tablet for it every okay. day. I thought, you don't only That's know that living. because I told you it's for years. I'm not the only one that knows. A lot what of are other the symptoms know. of gout? 
get well, you get very, very bad legs and feet. Very sore. But toes. I would always get it after a really heavy night of link, drinking and dancing. So oh. I always thought it was a dance-related injury. <laughs> so I was going to the doctor saying I was really dancing last night. Now my feet hurt. He was like, oh, "Well, you're just dancing too much." Can you not zap the crystals that, that form? Well, I, I take a tablet now that does that. Oh. But it is very, very painful. Uric acid, I, I think. Be. It is, something to do it with is it. uric anyway, acid. Anyway, listen, this is Plank of the Week. It's not, you know, <laughs> Christo's medical hour, for heaven's sake. <laughs> is it not Dr. Mike? No, it's not. No, that's, that's a good idea show. for a segment. That's a different show. Um, <laughs> imagine him diagnosing people. If they like, rang up, I'll just go out. I'll just forget it. Get over it. Yeah, but I've lost my arm. Just get over it. You'll be fine. All right. Like that guy in Italy who went in to get his arm jabbed with a fake arm. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> he, he should be hero of the I week. know. What an idiot, though. They went, that's not a real arm. He went, no, you're right. I mean, like, they wouldn't notice. For heaven's sake. Anyway, I'm going to do Sajid Javid because oh, on yeah. Saturday evening, I was still going to America. Um, and to see your family? Yeah, and everything was copacetic, as they say in New York, and uh, it looked as though everything was going to be fine. We worked out a way of getting all the tests done and then and then and then. And suddenly at 6 o'clock, without any warning whatsoever, I see a tweet from Sajid Javid saying... From 4am on Tuesday morning, uh, everybody's going to have to get a pre-departure test from every single country in the world, apart from Ireland, apparently. I don't know why Ireland, you know, to do it. Anyway, so we're not going now because it's too complicated, it's too difficult, it's too risky, and he's caused... I bet it's the not most... cheap either. Well, it's an... well, it, well, all of the testing regime, it turned out I was going to need something like 14 tests. Um, not me personally, but the all family. family. Um, and it was going to cost like an extra thousand quid. Plus, if we had got pinged on the plane or in any way uh, made to quarantine... But it costs thousands because you'd be in a hotel like you do here. And to which and you reminds work. me. And I can't work though because I wouldn't be able to go into an office to work because they wouldn't let me because I'd technically be quarantining. And I probably wouldn't be able to do a show from a hotel room in New York either because I wouldn't have any of the gear, you know? You're so important though, they'd make it work. They would have to. Well, anyway. What would you do without you? Julia in her Mind bedroom. you, I might get that cover. So go. Yeah, <laughs> go. I mean, I think it's going to be all right. But, but here's what they've also done because of all this mandatory. Um, Hotel quarantining, right? In this and it's country, so grim. Have you seen the photos? Oh my god! Well, we saw Richard E. Grant, um, who was tweeting out of the weekend, eating this horrendous food, or probably not eating it for twenty quid. <clears throat> also, they're charging two hundred and odd pounds a night for the quarantine in a in a hotel that only normally charges sixty. Yeah. And I mean, you and I have probably spent some time in hotels in our lives, and you know, you would never pay sixty pounds for a hotel room because you would know it'd be crap. Well, totally. I mean, I don't know why they're fighting diseases and then putting people in a 60-pound well, hotel room. You'll leave with more than you arrive with. People are telling me as well that some of these rooms are filthy because they can't clean them for some yeah. reason. I mean, there was one report of a guy who got into the room and somebody had slept in the bed. I mean, it wasn't even a clean bed. Can you imagine? Just horrendous. Anyway, so now they've run out of quarantine rooms around London, <laughs> so they're now having to spend time ferrying people up and down the country and they're actually splitting families up and making Merry Christmas. sometimes 100 miles apart. I think the quarantine stuff the quarantine is one of the most... Mad. Well, unethical things. Why can't you just quarantine where you are? Yeah, but, home, no, yeah, but this is home. the ridiculous thing. So well, now, thing, yeah. so now, if you manage to escape quarantine in America, you come back, you then have to... Even though you've taken a test that shows that you're, you're not positive, you then have to quarantine again, self-isolate, until your test result comes through. The poor old Mark upstairs was there for a week because the, the test result didn't come through. And every time you so you tell like a really bad Hollywood movie, like escape from quarantine. And if you're in Australia, you get chucked in the back of a van yeah, and taken to an internment camp. camps now. <laughs> they have People. lost their minds. I in mean, Australia. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's and all four. I mean, when Sadie Jarrett was asked the question by Desmond Swain in, in the Commons yesterday. How many of the 236 or 336 people who've got this Omnicom variant are actually in hospital? And he went rambling on for about five minutes, and then ended up saying, uh, "None, none, no one, no one." 
They don't Zero. know how bad Zero. it is yet. At the moment, it looks like it's not that bad. But, I mean, where did you ever hear anyone say, well, we don't know how bad it is, so we better take precautions? Sorry? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, I don't. we haven't come to a red light yet, so I'm just going to stop the car. <laughs> Right? That's kind of what they're doing. I mean, it's hard. There will be a red light. There'll be a red light soon, so we better stop now because we won't be able to stop when we see the red light otherwise if it's too late. And you go, no, you stop when you see the red light, don't you? I mean, it's hardly surprising that that there are conspiracy theorists out there, is it? The conspiracy theorists now sound more sane than the government. Yeah. 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 You know? Anyway, so, how's your second one going? Ah, the next one is... The Ginger Prince of Planks. Ah, yes. Oh. The, the Herbert, formerly known as Prince Harry. Someone who, it. one of your uh, watchers, said that I looked like, which was very kind. Really? Apparently really? I looked like Prince Harry you in got a, a wig. Beard. Uh, He's got a beard. He does have... I don't have a beard, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is that difference. You've got a touch of the Eugenies about you. A little bit, perhaps. I don't know, or is it just the way you're I'm saying nothing. (laughs) I'm not allowed to say anything about that. Anyway, why is he a plank? Well, did you know that he's chief impact officer? Yes. At an executive training um, company based in, well, San Francisco, I believe. that's right. So that's very trendy. And apparently, since he joined them, their share price went through the roof and they're now worth three billion more than they were before. So this is what people care about. But nobody really knows what they do. I mean, chief impact officer. Well, quite. I think it's like, um, you know, head of belonging. <laughs> you could be head of belonging oh. at, uh, at ASOS, head of the belonging. fashion brand. What's that phrase they use belonging. at Amazon? Fulfillment sentence. Oh, <laughs> head of I thought that was your house. <laughs> you know. Anyway, he had a bit of a... <laughs> if only. If only. <laughs> why can't they just call it a warehouse? That's yeah, what it yeah. is. <laughs> but there will be several strikes outside fulfillment centres. I mean, what? it's no. more the company that's the planks in that respect. But he's a plank... Because he had a bit, well, he had a bit of a Marie Antoinette moment, a let them eat cake mm. moment, he when he did. suggested that uh, that um, people should just give up their jobs just if quit. they find yeah. them stressful or if it's bad for their mental health. If it, health. If it brings them suffering, just quit work. If yeah. it brings you I mean, no joy. Sure. You know? Sure, he's right in a way. Right. Well, it was, look, it was really lovely seeing <laughs> you both. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but this brings you joy. I just fell off of planks. Anyway, no, he, uh, so, yes, which I don't think is a great look when most people, you know, working in menial jobs or just in most office-based jobs can't just, you know, decide that tomorrow they won't uh, feed their children. That's why he's produced absolutely nothing for Netflix. <laughs> he's just given up. Yeah. He's just not doing anything. Well, he's, not, he's, not doing, he's not doing any content providing, is he? Which is what yeah. he's been paid $100 million a year It doesn't bring for. him joy. No. It doesn't bring... The money brings him right. joy, but the work in exchange for but it But also, doesn't. I suppose it's quite easy to give up your job when you don't really have one. Yeah, I mean, when you're bankrolled by your father and all also, your life. Yeah, what was his job that he gave up? Apparently, was being part of the royal family. It's he was in the really army a for a couple of years. Yeah, but that's different. But I mean, who knows what he did when he was in the army? Some people give me a hard time and say he was a hero. You're not. You shouldn't be having a go at him. But his job in the royal family was to not really do anything, was it? Well, what he, he had doing? to leave the army because I think he was. You know, people had to protect him. He was a target. Right. So he wasn't suitable for that job. Um, but yes. Well, isn't so, everybody? But why is more, excuse me, sorry. Isn't everyone who's in the army a target? No, Technically, even they're in a battle so. zone. They're in a battle zone. Oh look, there's some troops. <laughs> you know, they're all the targets. Royalty. It would be such the a Taliban win don't the, care. The Taliban care about. No, they of don't. course they, they don't. bloody no, care. No, of course they anyway, swear on this show. Anyway, I mean, this is slightly separate, but it's another reason why he's a plank. <laughs> why haven't they created any more Spotify podcasts since their first? Well, they're one? annoyed as well. Is it because apparently. it's a car crash? Well, apparently, because they don't know what else to say. Is it? All they can say, <laughs> they, all they ever say is, we're thinking of you. 
and we're caring and compassionate. And you go, fine. Okay, no, they do list the reasons why their life is terrible and why everything's awful for them sometimes. Right. It, and is, then it they... is bad. But also, it's quite easy, isn't it, to give up a job when you've got 30 million in the bank. Yeah. Yes. And, and also another 4 million he got from his dad the previous year. And even the money though, from the Queen Even though he claimed well. that uh, he'd been cut off. I mean, it's true. Wouldn't it be great if everyone could just leave their job and pursue their dreams? Firstly, some people don't really have that many aspirations. No, no, no. <laughs> and two, some people don't have the luxury of being able to retrain if they've got mouths to feed yeah. and it's the job they can do. Right. So while it's an aspiration, and some people definitely have done it during the pandemic, and that's great, I mean, coming from Prince Harry... And also, a lot of people Harry, work because they have to work. Well, yes. They don't particularly expect they, to enjoy the job that they do. They don't get to do can Netflix. Can you imagine if you're sat there in a miserable job, knowing that you've got bills to pay and the mortgage to pay and you've got the screaming children and the advice you get from Prince Harry is just stop. Just quit. Do that and starve. Yeah. Just don't feed them. Let them all also, go somebody pointed out to me... He said they should me. be celebrated. Yeah, and it's, and, yeah, of course. Maybe they could start a foundation for the jobless, you know. Mm. But somebody tweeted me today about this and said, you know, it'd be great, wouldn't it, if you would turn up to your next job interview and they say, why did you leave your last job? And you go, didn't bring me any joy. <laughs> yes, he's okay, the joy right. term. You know, let's, uh, let's give this guy a go and see how good he is at this job. Well, you wouldn't give a job to somebody like that, would you? Yeah, halfway through, if you're a pilot flying yeah. a plane, just say, you know what, this is not bringing yeah, me joy. Don't fancy it. Go but it's exactly what but... they... I mean, they're just talking about themselves, aren't they, really? Well, Harry it's, and Meghan. It's, it's That's exactly truth. what they did. It's their truth. Yeah. They gave up their duty because they didn't fancy it they anymore. It wasn't joy. good for their... Because Hearts. they've got bucket loads of money, that's yeah. why. They don't have to work. They just I mean, wanted more money. Why, you, know what they, you know what should happen to them, actually? What they should do is get rid of all the people that work for them, the people that do the nannying and the cooking and the cleaning and the driving and all the people that they employ, should all quit. Mm. And then they'd have to actually do something. Well, it doesn't sound like Megan brought many of her employees much joy. It doesn't really, does it? <laughs> it does. Very she, good point. She does deny the bullying claims, and apparently there's a, a big document coming out soon, which is going to... Uh, is it one that she forgot that, that she owned? Or? Well, I don't know if she's still writing it, but she's refuting <laughs> all of the allegations that oh. were made against her and saying it's okay. all a plot, horrible plot. Say, by, these are the different allegations by the, media. the ones about having briefed about the book that she forgot. Oh, yeah, these are different. Trade. These are the bullying different allegations. Book. Oh, OK. You know, because so many people only work for her for a short time and then have to leave because it's unbearable. Anyway... Who's your second plank? OK, my second plank is Andy Street. Yes. Now, he is the mayor of the West Midlands. Yeah. And this is where the name is very appropriate, because Andy Street... Now, we all know how brilliant mayors are, right? They, they bring so much yeah. joy. Thank goodness. They're not an extra layer of politics. No. They just don't need an admin. Definitely and Absolute not. rubbish. No. Well, Andy Street <laughs> has now just uh, hired... Andy, Andy. Andy has now just hired... A cycling and walking commissioner. Well, everybody for wants one. The West. Everybody Midlands. needs a cycling a and walking commissioner. It's, just for but, sure. Yeah, because you know we all need to learn how to walk and cycle. Now, yeah. I would like to apply for this job okay. because it's knocking on apparently, reportedly. Yes. Not be able to verify this, but apparently. 90 grand Not a bad. year, 85,000, something along right. those lines. Plus as many pairs of trainers as you can wear. <laughs> and <laughs> lauded by everyone who ever gets on a bicycle. You get a free bike. And essentially, well, th this is the qualifications for the job. You have to ban cars, hate them, yes. ruin junctions, <laughs> build cycle lanes, create congestion yep. absolutely right. everywhere. Make the pollution a lot worse. Make poorer people yep. have a much harder time with their lives. And hey, presto, yep. you get the job. Yes. It's it. That's it. What so about I low traffic neighbourhoods? Low traffic neighbourhood. Yeah. Now, Planters. We, we've got a lot of rubbish here on Talk Radio, a lot of hassle, what? shall we say, from some listeners who have said... Sorry, I thought you said oh, something right. else. 
No, as in not Loach, as in those other presenters. <laughs> those other presenters. Yeah. Not rubbish. I think that's a bit unfair. Most of them are pretty good. Those commentators. <laughs> I am the pack. No, um, but we've got some hassle from listeners saying, look, you go on about these London cycle lanes, London low traffic yeah. neighbourhoods. Of course, we found out uh, as well that London is now suffering some of the worst congestion in Europe yes, as a result sure of right. all of these cycle lanes as well. Yeah. One of the big traffic data mm-hmm. companies has now come out with this. But a lot of listeners get in touch and they say, you know what, why are you going on about London? And I hate to say I told you so, but I said at the time, all of these other cities, you know, we've got it now in Yorkshire, Glasgow, they're all looking at London, yeah. rubbing their hands with glee mm. at what we're doing here because they know they can get away with creating the congestion, yeah. which means they can tax motorists to solve it. As the principal, because he defended Rod Little. Yeah, that is outrageous. Yeah, that is Which ridiculous. is absolutely mad. Challenge Rod he Little. Said, he basically said that the woke students were pathetic for walking out instead of, like, challenging Rod Little, instead of arguing with him or, or showing some other form of, you know, their displeasure. But because he called them um, ridiculous and pathetic, he's been suspended, right? Students wrote to Durham's Vice-Chancellor, Kemi, Rod Little made transphobic, sexist, racist and classist remarks. Sounds like a great speech. Obviously, they've never read his <laughs> column because that's what he does all the time. No, but whenever this, whenever this sort of thing happens with Roddell, because he's not really on social media, no. he's not on Twitter, no. the same he, people dig up the same columns yeah. from, like, 20 years ago. And they were doing that ago. yesterday, weren't they? And they were doing that yesterday. <laughs> and then get all offended all over again. I mean... So funny. Um, Professor Luckhurst has emailed students to apologise for his conduct, because he was sorry for calling them He's pathetic. given in to the mob, which is exactly what you don't do. But he's not yeah, allowed though. to speak to anybody about the controversy, apparently. Um, and he in, did... So he's not allowed to speak to talk radio, for he's example? He's not allowed to talk to anyone. He's been basically told to shut up. But the thing is... By some is... students, by some Well, no, by the, by, the, by the college. I but mean, he's the principal of, of the college, but because of the students at the college, it's all gone backwards. You know? I don't understand why... Right, you may... Some of those 
articles, some of those columns that are dug out, you might look at them and think, well, don't really much like what Rod Lewis had to say about that. The point is, if you're a student and you're trying to learn, well, then go along and challenge him. Tell him you think he's wrong. He can take it. Tell him yeah. why you think he's an absolute moron, a fool, you don't like what he's got to say. But storming out just makes him look like five-year-olds. I know. And apparently they shouted racist and disgusting at him. It's probably because they're not as clever as they think they are, these students. You know, they're too scared to actually argue. They can argue, you know, first principle, and then it, you know, and then they, they, can't, just, and then they out, lose right? it. A thousand students signed an open letter in which they complained thousand. that they felt distressed and emotional after his speech. So, since Welcome when were life. students huh? so pathetic and oversensitive? I mean, you see things I... that are more offensive when you just switch on. The TV, or God knows what they watch on their apps. I don't remember a day recently I haven't felt distressed and emotional. I mean, I wouldn't leave the house if I yeah, was one of them. exactly. I mean, <laughs> I've been quite emotional day. lately as well, but, I mean, I don't write any letters about it and complain to people. Why am I so emotional? <laughs> it's just my you know, um Following the backlash, Professor Luckhurst emailed students, right? Uh, he said, I responded to their decision by reminding the students that South College is committed to the defence of free speech. When they did not return to their seats, I called their walkout pathetic. My anger reflected my sincere commitment to freedom of speech. However, I was wrong to describe the student's action as pathetic and I apologise unreservedly. Well, that's a, that's a little tiny bit contradictory. I'm really into free speech. Yeah. I protect free speech. By the way, I was wrong to say that. I shouldn't have said using that. my free speech. Yeah. What's the wrong with calling someone pathetic? Yeah, pathetic. Hmm. And someone you who's your now. teacher. Pardon? I'm calling you pathetic. Yeah, and I'm very upset and I'm going to write an open letter. <laughs> you need and get, a safe space. And get some of the uh, Foo fans to come on board with me instead of you. Get Zara Sultana's safe space. Yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need to be admitted. See, I don't think she'd afford me a safe space. No. She'd be scared yeah. of you. <laughs> Professor she'd Luckhurst. chuck me out with a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Luck has added that Rod Little's topic was tolerance. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> couldn't make this stuff up. He spoke about the importance of listening to alternative perspectives. He attacked nobody. But it was like that guy who got chucked out for doing a Nazi impression in a debate about bad taste. Yeah. <laughs> it was I the whole know. point of it. It's like they don't understand irony, do they? No. They don't see it. Was that the guy with the Nazi dog? Is they use no, it as a weapon. No, he was in Scotland. It's, they use these emotional It wasn't words. actually a Nazi dog. It's just a weapon for them to use against their professors. <laughs> Not as far as we know, anyway. It's just a political weapon that they yeah. use. They but say I mean, I'm so glad. They don't actually mean it. I'm so They're not glad. upset. I, I was talking to my kids, actually, this week... Um, we went out and had some lunch and I was talking to them about university and whether they want to go and all that sort of thing. And I really feel sorry for them because imagine going to one of these places and actually having to sit and listen to these people in, a, in an environment. When, you know, when I went to university, it wasn't like that at all. It was very, very different. Yeah. We had fun. We got drunk. <laughs> you know, we met people. We did things. Okay, at one point, I think we occupied the vice-chancellor's office, you know, just for the hell of it. Um, we went on Not marches. For Not no, for the climate change. To be a socialist now. I was never a socialist at university. Well, do you know, I formed the Young Conservative Society did uh, you? when I was there because I was so fed up with being left-wing. But then I grabbed hold of the newspaper as well so I could spout my vile bile all over the place. <laughs> oh, can we get um, hold of some of those? You probably articles. can. I might have some. I might have there's, some. There's a movie in that, yeah. young Mike. Can imagine your write-ups <laughs> of the... Well, I turned it into a tabloid. When I, when, I, when I moved to the university, it was like a little private eye-style book, yeah. sort of, you know, that sort of size, and I turned it into a tabloid and just used to attack the student union all the time. Did you have various students on page three as well in frisky poses? Didn't quite go that far, no, but uh, thank you for thinking that. Um, no, it was slightly more highbrow than that. Oh. It was more sort of Daily Mail than, than uh, you know, so. Red Top. <laughs> so not much more highbrow. <laughs> Daily Mail's very highbrow. Oh, right. Rod Little writes for them. Best paper out there. Occasionally. Anyway, uh, you're number three. 
I'm number three. Yeah. And who was my number three? Ah, oh, it's another university or someone working it's at a university. It's something sort of posh, isn't it? Universities are very overrepresented in planks of the week. Planks well, they haven't, the we week. haven't had one on for a while. Okay, well, this is a, an we academic. Right. I'm not going to say her name because, you know, I don't want people to go after her. But she's an academic at the University of Roehampton. I'm not sure how uh, <laughs> There is no University of Roehampton. That's the other problem. You mean Roehampton Oh, so this is all fake news. I'm spreading fake news. No, because they've all called themselves universities now, so they can charge nine grand a year to go and learn how to do something there. But what the hell would you go to the University of Roehampton Yeah, it's for? definitely an old polytechnic. Probably should have stuck with what it did well. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with polytechnics. This is the problem. But... They should have stuck with what they did well rather than try to do every single course out there. Yeah. You, you're, if you're suggesting that my degree in public relations is not public valid, relations. then I will really... I can't believe you have a degree in public relations where you bang on about stuff. You obviously didn't learn anything. Did you, public did you go to any of the lectures? No, in my third year, I was asked if I was new. <laughs> like, when did you join the course? Oh. Yeah, one of my lecturers at the university was once very puzzled to see me twice in the same week in the library. He's like, what's going on? <laughs> anyway, on. that's enough reminiscing. Anyway, she's deeply concerned about Shakespeare. Aren't we all? <laughs> Shakespeare's plays. Yes. Because they have scenes in them that show non-consexual sex... Or non-consensual sex. Non-consensual yes. sex and relations. For example, A Midsummer's Night's Dream. I see. Um, I don't Richard know it well Bird, enough, I'm afraid. Henry V, I think, were her examples. And she's deeply concerned by this. I didn't know there was any non-consensual sex in Richard III, is there? Well, apparently so. Okay. Or hints at it. Okay. Or something that is offensive. Mm. Anyway, she said... Well, there's she a bit said, of killing, which is quite offensive. She said that this could trigger the actors who are performing it and it could trigger the audiences, so therefore they need to have workshops on sexual ethics before they either perform or watch Shakespeare. Presumably the actors would have read it before they perform it, therefore <laughs> knowing the content. I love what they say now as well, when they, certain scenes might be problematic. That's the new word, yeah. isn't it? Problematic. Because funnily enough, by complete coincidence, just before the show started, I saw a story about Christmas movies, believe it or not, which are now in the firing line, because apparently... Um, Love actually rewards toxic men. Oh. Does it? Yeah. Bridget Jones uh, is archaic, champions sexual harassment. I love Bridget Jones. Everybody does. And Jack Black apparently is a dangerous sociopath in The Holiday. Is he? Well, I, I don't think I know The Holiday terribly well. No. But I did watch Trading Places the other day, one of my favourite oh, yeah, Christmas film. movies yeah. ever. And I pressed like the info button just to see oh, what no. it was about. And all it Triggered. says, the only thing it says about it, it doesn't describe anything else about the movie other than... This movie contains outdated attitudes and sexual imagery, which some may find offensive. He said That's that before training places. Only description. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because Blimey. I think that there are certain racial slurs in there, and you see Jamie Lee Curtis's breasts. Yeah. As well. Well, that's not terribly traumatic, is it? Well, it was for me. Was it? <laughs> Oh dear, I don't know. I, I mean, know who, I just who, who are the these sensitive people? I mean, well, they're obviously these people who are it can become emotional when you start saying certain things to them. But I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I mean, children as young as eleven are watching, you know, pornos on their phones. They're hardly going to be. Yeah, they're not. They're also, by watching they're not, Shakespeare. Yeah. You probably won't even understand it. They're also not going to be watching Trading Places either. It's so old. I mean, my, even my kids who are teenagers are going. That is one of the best Christmas movies. I love time. Trading oh, Places. Oh, in fairness, Dan Aykroyd does dress up. <laughs> I mean, it's a hilarious scene as a rasta in a train carriage. Do you remember to try? Yeah, yeah. And it's ridiculous, but it's so absurd. It's the highly Selassie Pavilion. Yeah, and yes, yeah. and it's ridiculous. What's the it's so you know, absurd. But it is, of course it is. Well, she, but she dresses up as a sort of Swedish... A Swedish... Uh, uh, yeah. what, whatever, I don't and know. And you're laughing at them. You're Tiller not laughing. Girl or something. All of those. Her name is Helga from Sweden. Yeah. And or Olga. 
or Helga. I can't remember. But the whole point is... The, and, and there's a gorilla. return to that point that a gorilla gets violated or violates another <laughs> Well, we gorilla. don't have to go too far into no, it. You the gorilla violates another gorilla. Well, a man dressed as a gorilla. I mean, that's quite offensive. That I don't is. know if they talk about that. No. Why wouldn't actors know what's in Shakespeare. Of course they will. They would have read it themselves. So that's so ridiculous to suggest that because it's like they're reading it for the first time on stage and then they realise that mm. there might be something a bit rapey. Also yeah. the suggestion that they need to learn about sexual ethics. Actors. I mean, <laughs> maybe they do. But, you know, maybe all... she's right. Yeah. But, I, you know, I think... I think... <laughs> name me an actor that's ever done anything sexually inappropriate. Yeah, OK, maybe she's right. Maybe she's right. She's not plank. She's hero of the week, yeah, all right? But, but she is still in the University of Roehampton, so <laughs> yeah. let's keep her in the, plank, in the plank. The trouble is, without naming her, we can't make her a plank, though. You need to give, give us her name. I don't know her name. You're going to have to Google it for all right, me. I'll have we to call her Jane Doe. Jane yeah. Doe from Rome. Hampton. Hampton. <laughs> Jane Rowe. <laughs> Jane Rowe. We'll call her Jane Rowe. Rowe Hampton. Yeah. Get it? Um, so have you got a third one? I do have a third one. Look, it's the baby-making bozo buffoon who is our <laughs> Prime Minister. And uh, this <laughs> week, <laughs> rather than making babies, which he loves to do, he's got very powerful sperm. Um, you know, have you ever seen the movie Alien, where, like, the acid burns through, like, the blood of the alien burns through to the floor below? That's Boris's sperm. It's how powerful it Why is. Why are you talking what? to me about this? I don't know. I'm, I'm addressing <laughs> you Because I'm a woman. <laughs> yes, I'm being very sexy. <laughs> I'll talk to you about sperm instead. If you want. Boris has got very, very powerful sperm. Has he? And this week he took a break from showing the power of his seed to bring us... What? Drugs legislation. Right. So the first part of that sentence is actually completely uh, pointless and meaningless and irrelevant. I'm just saying what I think of Boris Johnson. Right, part of why fine. he's a plank. I'll probably edit that out now. All right, so that out. The, the drug laws that he's bringing in... Do you want me to in. start that bit again? No, it's fine. Right. The drug laws that he's bringing in... Uh, Boris Johnson is bringing work. in ridiculous drug laws. Yeah. He was dressed as a policeman, looking like an absolute moron, because he seems to think that fancy dress is in some way going to make his policies more credible. He has said, and imagine this, you're a middle-class cokehead, and the fact that you might be sent on some sort of course is going to stop you shoving gack up your nose every single weekend. What an absolute load of Rubbish. Yes. Besides which, if he was going to bring in stricter drug laws for middle-class people, wouldn't he have to fire half his cabinet? Well, that's possibly libelous. I don't know who in the cabinet you'd be referring to there. Because well, Gove said he has. Gove um, said he has. Well, he had. That's he has, the in the past, yes. Yeah. But that's different, isn't it? Why? Because people are allowed a new beginning. I can't believe I'm having to, like, referee this nonsense. <laughs> oh, get up with high horse. <laughs> why have you, gone, why have you gone so woke? I haven't gone woke. I just believe in telling you know, the truth I'm at all coming, times. I'm coming more around to the idea that we just decriminalise the lot. Yeah. Well, do you know... Then we'll have no criminals. Yeah, there's certainly an <laughs> argument for that. I mean, you might as well decriminalise it because the fact is the drugs are so so far in every single part of society um, that there isn't really any point in trying to pretend that anybody can stop them. Well, exactly, and think of all the tax. But again, it's just... Well, that's the other thing. I mean, in America, I keep asking people, in America, most states in America have legalised marijuana, for sure. Yeah. And they're making a fortune on tax because they tax, you know, the sale of it, they tax the, the, the growing of it. And, and so far... As far as I can tell, the crime hasn't gone anywhere particularly worse than it was. Mm. You know, the crime rates are still the well, same. Well, they expect perhaps a little bump in the crime and then eventually it does start to go down. In Portugal, in places like that, yeah. when they've decriminalised, the, the, the crime is going down. But it's just, uh, it's, it's just all... But it's just more grandstanding, isn't it? Grandstanding. It's the same as the migrants issue, right? Yeah. We're going to stop it. And you go, OK, and then nothing happens. And then the next month, we're going to stop it. 
Right, okay. By and then spending 20 grand on Dominic's. Yeah. <laughs> thinks that sticking on a high vis and a bobble hat is going to make us take him more seriously doing that. But it obviously not worked in your case, does it? baby making, which is what he is best at. Well, you say that, and I can't really argue with that, but it does sound No, there is evidence to back yeah. up that claim. Exactly, yeah. because he's he's very powerful in that department. Thank I'm not going to say keep saying. <laughs> anyway. Um, Stop saying that. I'm going to go with my third one, which doesn't have any of those kind of connotations attached to it. It's okay. the Foreign Office, uh, who are on the front page of many newspapers today mm. because nobody works there anymore. Basically, <laughs> they all work from home. I mean, it's called the Foreign Office. Do you think there are two things there? One word office, mm. that's where you go to work. Foreign, other countries that you deal with while you're in the office, yeah. right? It's not difficult. But there was apparently only one guy there during the whole Afghanistan crisis who was answering all the emails, trying to organise all the airlifts, and everybody else was refusing to come in on the grounds that they didn't want to do any overtime and they didn't fancy travelling on the train. That is unbelievable. So Can I think every single poor guy as well running around. Like, run, well, he's ragged. now become the whistleblower yeah. of the whole show, right? And he's telling everybody how hopeless it was, but he couldn't get anybody to do anything. Yeah, but they were saying, and they had a... hundreds of thousands of emails from people begging to be saved. And, uh, like you know, okay, we're, we're and laughing they didn't, and, and they... how ridiculous that is. But people were actually murdered. Yeah, yeah, Dominic yeah. Raab was saying, "Just mark them all as red." That's unbelievable. Huh? It's incredible, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah, but they were saying this whistleblower says that there is, and obviously we can believe this. There was a rigid eight-hour-a-day work-life balance mandate or culture. So even those who may have wanted to, you know, work around mm. the clock, it was probably quite difficult for them to do so. Well, well they would have been in the office equally, first. Just disloyal by those people exactly. you see, who want to stick to the eight hours. I bet they all got their there lunch break. There is a lot break. of that. There is I a lot of that. I bet they got their lunch break as well. Yeah. Well, of course, everybody who works from home says that it's much better working from home. I mean, it, it might is. be better for them, but it's not better for anybody else. You know, I love watching loose women. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but this guy's done. You imagine going into one of these great departments of state in the Foreign Office. Funny enough, I walked past it yesterday. It's a beautiful building. I've been in there, and it's lovely. And it's, you know, sort of cavernous, and it's got all these friezes and things, and beautiful pillars and paintings, and literally nobody in there. Turn it into flats. You, that's always your answer for everything, isn't it? <laughs> Turn it to flats. So that you can rent more p flats to more people and make even more money. <laughs> buy even more Gucci loafers. Gucci Raphael, loafers. have you never heard the Gucci loafers? Are they not? No. M&S? A company called Common Projects. Really? Yeah. How expensive are they? I'm not going to say how much my footwear costs. That sounds like they're probably expensive. Yeah, look, I'm seeing the shoes now. Look, there we are. Little white sneakers. Little white sneakers. Little Christo, without wishing to give anything away about Christo, he has a very odd-shaped feet. I do have very odd-shaped feet. I do actually have a... I have a disorder. My feet are very odd-shaped. Are they very wide? Very, very wide feet. Yeah, and sort of square. And quite square, yeah. You know those Lego figures? Yeah. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like that. Yeah, Why called... have you seen his feet? He showed them to me. It's, I was called. Uh, they're like Hobbit feet. Yeah, that's what they're called, like Hobbit feet. Yeah, it's sort of, or Fred Flintstone. My nickname at university was Fred Flintstone because of what they look like. God. Yeah. Anyway, this guy's name is this guy's name is Raphael Marshall. Hmm. He said soldiers were drafted in to do jobs on desks inside the foreign office. I mean, it's a complete Fire shambles. Them all. And Fire also, them all. but you know what else is going on here? Every single government department will be exactly the same. There'll be nobody in the Home Office. We already know there's nobody in the DVLA. You've been trying to get anything yeah. out of the DVLA lately. They say it's about five months to get a new driving license. That's because they're all just at home. They're watching all at home. Women. They're I all at you've home. Got, I think you've got two types of people in the civil service. You've got those who are hardworking, and Sorry? then you've got the rest. Well, I don't think there's many who are No, but that, no they leave after a few years because they all... get fed up with how slow everything is. Or, or it's knocked out of them. They are, yeah. are institutionalised. Yeah. They are radicalised into thinking that work is a bad thing. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like the way, like if, if but it's Jen like there's one of the few hard. remaining places where unions are still quite powerful as well, because the, the, the public service unions, the public sector unions, are quite 
good at Tax making sure that nothing them. ever gets changed. And I remember in the old days of newspaper unions, I once went in, I was working for the Mail on Sunday, doing a couple of shifts there, and I went in to photocopy the style book, which is all the stuff that you need to know to sub-edit stories and all that, their style and everything. Um, and I went in and I walked, I got to within about a foot of the photocopying machine. This voice said, Oi, get away from that. As if it was like some kind of thing dangerous, right? And this guy was sitting behind me with his feet up and he was in charge of photocopying. So you had to hand it so to him. So I had him. to give it to him. And I said, um, Job creation. Okay, then. Um, well, would you mind doing it now? He said, What? You can't speak to me like that. I said, Well, I, I sort of need it for the, you know, I'll do it <laughs> my, when I'm ready. My job. I'll do it when I'm ready. And I'm like, okay then. And I walked out and sort of sat down and went, I said to somebody, I said, who's that guy in there? <laughs> oh, he's the photocopying guy. And I'm like, that's unbelievable. When, how long do you think he'll be? He said, I don't know, a couple of hours. <laughs> he'll be on strike now. You and know, I mean, don't you? He'll it's be on unbelievable. Strike. Well, we don't have them anymore because, you know, the, the business got rid of them all. But it's unbelievable, just ridiculous. And that's, I think, what, <laughs> imagine what the foreign office is like. You go and photocopy something, they go, no, no, you can't do that. <laughs> photocopying yeah. man. Put it in like, that pile. Listen, I need to reply to this email. Someone's about to die. Sorry, that's actually my job, yes. and I'll get to it next yeah, week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently got another 5,000 emails to open before I talk but to this But this family foreign... are going to be yeah, killed. I know. No, no, no. Unbelievable. Sorry. Right, well, listen, uh, we're going to carry one over as well, and I'm going to carry over the BBC this week, I think. Oh. Just for no ba no particular reason, but just because it's hopeless and useless and, oh. you know, it just gets worse every so single week. There's nothing particular Well, actually, you, well, you could put them in for falling over the transmitter at Radio 4 fell over, which was actually quite good for us. Oh, because yeah. Because a lot of people came across and started listening to oh, the radio. Yeah. You know, when it, when it, I mean, you'd think an organisation as powerful and as rich as the BBC would not have to go off air because mm. of some technical problem, but they did. Neither transmitter or something, wouldn't something they? Something like that, yeah. yeah. So you would think I mean, it's not one. really my area. They have a house for broadcasting, don't they? <laughs> well, you would, <laughs> you think. would think that they would There's a cast of thousands um, there. All right, we can shove them in then. I think we'll just shove I don't them know, in. It's up to you, team. it's not up to well, me. Are, well, that's right. Thank you for acknowledging. I know. Um, I would always the, Well, that's the tenth one, so now we have to whittle it down, right? Oh, OK. So, let's find out who's going to win Blank of the Week. <laughs> let's decide... Uh, Whittle it down from three to one. Mm. Remember how this goes. So um, why don't you pick your favourite Christo Plank nomination? So I had Sir Jeremy Farrer, who mm. was the guy that said that we should... We've, we've squandered all of our progress on COVID um, based on nothing that's ever happened yet. Andy Street, who, of course, has now hired a cycling commissioner for some reason, and Boris Johnson in fancy dress. I think I'm going to go for Andy Street just to make you happy because oh. I know how much the cyclists annoy him. No, he's never going to stop now. Oh, I would have, well, I would have actually, Because they are not taking my choice. over I would have gone the for road. The guy, Farrah, but never mind, that's OK. So your three were? Zara. I've got a name, by the way, for you. It is uh, Hayley Backrack. She's the Roehampton yep. woman. That's her. I'm sorry, what? She's Backrack. the Jane Roe. Hayley. Hayley Backrack. Oh. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so her. Right. Um, Zara Sultana. Yep. yep. And the Prince of Planks. It's got to be the Prince. It's got to be. Prince Harry oh. has to be in the top Oh, well, three. I don't know. Zara is quite ridiculous, though. But all right, we'll but go But she's the still Prince. in the list. I mean, she'll still be in there. All right. So now you have to choose one of mine. South College, Durham, mm. Sajid Javid, mm. or the Foreign Office? I think I will go for Sajid Javid. Well, he has ruined a lot, a lot of yeah, people's Yeah, he, he's ruined your Christmas, And Mike. also, he started off quite well, didn't he, when he was Health Secretary? Now he's kind of gone... The other way. Yeah. It just shows how He's much now you're... worse than Matt Hancock ever was. You're going to have to spend Christmas at mine. Well, you don't celebrate it, do you? I celebrate Christmas. You're a Satanist. Sorry, no, that's just a joke. <laughs> Hero <laughs> of the week should be Theresa May. Yes. Yeah, Who give her a, give she her a line of credit then. Why? Well, she stood up in Parliament and said that we can't behave like this every time there's a variant. Yeah. 
she's very good. Why is it that they all get better once they're not in charge of the Tory party anymore? Like Ian Duncan Smith now is brilliant. Yeah. But when he was the leader, he was awful. Something about being in a position of power. Maybe. And Theresa May's been a lot more sensible Imposter since she was... Imposter complex. Uh... She didn't feel she deserved the Really? Job. Yeah. Is that just your supposition? That's just my, Sexist. you know, same note, same as Ian Duncan Smith. Well, he didn't deserve the job. <laughs> but... <laughs> no, but actually, he deserves it now. I think yeah. Ian Duncan Smith would be a really good Prime Minister now. Well, it's like William Hague as well. You, we sort of, we uncorked him too yeah, soon. Yeah, I know. That's sometimes what can happen. Mm. Right, so Andy Street, Sajid Javid and Prince Harry. What say you, Christo? I'm, well, can I choose my own? I'm not allowed to choose my own, or am I? No, you, you can choose which one you think... Street. Why are we going? Which... Why are we paying nearly £90,000 for a cycling and walking commissioner? It's so ridiculous that we're doing that. And we've done Prince Harry and Sajid Javid enough. What do you think of cycling? I like cycling. Have you got a bike? Yes, I cycle. Have you seen, by the way, this story about people having their bikes nicked in Richmond Park because they're riding around on bikes worth 15 grand? Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. a stupid thing to do, isn't it, really? What? You shouldn't have it nicked because of that. Well, you shouldn't, but what the hell are you doing paying 15,000 quid for a bike? Buy a car. That's not up to you, is it? Some people might say, why did you spend a grand on that iPad? Well, because I use it for work. Some people use their bikes for work. I'm not defending people who do that. I've got a lovely bike with that's got disc brakes. It's amazing. Disc I use brakes. it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, disc brakes. Why? Other than because then it can stop more easily. Right. Because well, so you you're going so fast. In case anyone, you know, you're going to hit a car or something. Mm. It's a brilliant bike, <laughs> okay, but I don't with the need roads closed Enough. in order to ride them. <laughs> Dear God. And you can't win it because I'm not having that. <laughs> Can you nominate somebody <laughs> else? Well, mine was, was, was um, Sajid Javid. It's got to be Sajid Javid or Prince Harry, one of the two. Well, I think Prince Harry, just because he's the man we love to... Well, yeah. I hate, I well, also, he makes it. it so... I don't he's hate him. He's a plank. And the point about plankery is that it's not hateful. We call people planks because they're doing something stupid. I've been a I mean, plank is it in fair my to life. Say he's that been he's a plank. just a plank because he's chief impact officer of any. Well, that's certainly a good no, one. giving up work. Telling no, people, telling who people are just, just telling people just work. to quit. The Marie Antoinette moment. Yeah. It really was, and I think <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, every single week, just when, you don't have to say anything, but every week they come out with something idiotic. Yes. You know, and that's why at the moment, as we prepare to film, sorry. I shouldn't really tell you this. We're going to film Plank of the Year next oh, week. Right, when do you need me? No, but you're not in it. I'm sorry? <laughs> we, can't do as many, we can't do as many people this year. What do you mean I'm not in it? <laughs> so what day do you need me? I can't. I can, well, at the moment, we'll, we'll have to put you on the first alternate list. So what day do you need me? Sorry, 14th. Is that you doing that? When is it? Um, guess, guess what, I can't Christo. tell you the date. It's a secret. Guess what, Christo? She's you want it. it. She's yeah. on it, yeah. I'm on it. <laughs> why didn't you tell me at the end of this? I wouldn't have done this had I known that. Yeah, well, that's why I didn't tell you. Um, well, I think it's Prince Harry then, right? Yeah. Don't you? Should we make him really annoyed and make uh, Sadie Javid number two and then give him number three with Andy Street? What do you think? <laughs> I think that's fair. It's a good nomination, but I, the, the, the obsession with cycling has taken it down a peg. So I think Andy Street third... Sajid Javid second. But Plank of the Week this week, once again, the champion, he is going to win probably Plank of the Year, Prince Harry. Well done. Thank you to Emily. Thank you to Christo. Don't hold any grudges, please. Um, We'll see you next time. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.